Why is his shirt covered in blood? Because no one would let me borrow a shirt. That's not even an answer. Oh my God. Does he not even see the mirror behind him? We can see you cutting the rope. Well, he does now. Oh, it's so cute. You're still cutting the rope. Look at you. You're really trying there, aren't you? Why are you cutting the ropes, Cole? Because I don't like being tied up. Why do you have a pocket knife? It was a gift. Oh my God. He's still cutting the ropes. What <laughs> determined little fucker, aren't you? Look, I, I won't tell anyone. Okay, you know me, I'm good with secrets. I won't tell my parents that you guys were having an orgy and needed my blood to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you even know what an orgy is? I'm guessing it's something sad people do because they want other sad people to like them and they can forget for one minute how sad they are in general. That's actually a pretty good answer. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 101. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today's episode is... Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Psycho. That's right. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. Hey, that went pretty swimmingly. Yeah, not too bad. We're, uh, we're changing it up here on the old... On switching the old, things up, throwing a few curveballs at you. Pulling the switcheroo. Whoa! Like when you, like when you pull your... and then you... Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you referring to a, a curveball from the big unit? That works. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about bad babysitters. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's we're starting fresh, right? So it's episode one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. We're starting back at one, and uh, babysitters so we're starting are like ba- the, we're starting back with our childhood. And babysitters are like the OG of the horror, right? Absolutely, it's it's perfect. I mean, we, we, at, didn't, we didn't even talk about this. No, we didn't. <laughs> this is this is off the cuff, baby. Just shooting from the hip. Because uh, even you know, look back to uh, one of the original slashers, Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be called the Babysitter Murders, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Trivia. That's the one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what's going on, boys? Uh not a whole lot. How have you been, sir? Good. I went uh, rock climbing yesterday. Ooh. I went sort of rock climbing over the weekend. You did? I did. How did you? Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually, How did you? Oh yeah, on real rocks. I didn't go actually figure. go rock climbing. I just it's a it's a new it's a new hundred episodes. I wanted you guys to think I was more interesting oh. than I actually am. Oh uh, well, in that case, I actually did go rock climbing this past weekend. <laughs> Tell us about it, Michael. Whoa! Um, no, I went to uh, West Virginia this past weekend, which uh, will lead into one of our corrections. So we'll we'll get back there. Ooh. But I went to West Virginia this past weekend for a uh, big family reunion mm-hmm. uh, on my mom's side. It's a giant. There was like a hundred between. I don't even know how many people it was exactly, but it had to have been between like 120 and 140 people on my mom's side. Is this the correction? Because I thought you told me it was only like 15. 15. Yeah. Or was it you? Or was just 15 of you staying in the same place? It was 15. No. No, I have no idea where fifteen's oh, coming from. I don't know. You never told me there was 140 people. Oh there. yeah, it's my entire mom's side of the family, extended family, the whole oh, deal. Damn. Okay. And it seems like every five years, it's like doubling in number because everybody's just shitting out just kids. Shitting out <laughs> now, I know. I know he's going to save it for the corrections, but I, I was thinking in my head, his correction is maybe that maybe he didn't think he was going to West Virginia and went to the wrong state at first. <laughs> I went to- and then found out later it was in West Virginia. Well, but we'll get there when the corrections. I started come up. in East Virginia. 
and never I heard just, of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've only been to South Virginia myself. So. Well, that's my point. If there's a West Virginia, or if there's no East Virginia, why is there a West Virginia? Uh, hmm? History, history, hmm? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I please I don't have a do, good answer do for do that. Explain. Does anybody know? Please do explain. Why is there just Virginia? I mean, I guess that there's there's another state that is west of Virginia, but why not just call it something different? Because it's a scientific fact. Why, so the, would, why would, the hell why the hell did Steve Perry sing about South Detroit when I, there is no South these, Detroit? These are the real questions, James. These are the real <laughs> these are the real questions that plague me at night. Right? Yes. Anyway, I went to West Virginia. Uh first time that I've ever seen the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. I've never seen them before, which I shame on me. I've been her, out west. Her Majesty. I've never been east though. Like I've, I, I went to Pennsylvania to visit my um, grandparents when they lived uh, in Hermitage. Is that the furthest any, east you've uh, ever gone? Any Hermitage to... people? Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoop. Is there a big insane clown posse <laughs> fan base over there? I don't know, my grandma was into. <laughs> um, no, I no no. I've never I've never been east. Hmm. I've, I went to D.C. like through Maryland D.C. or whatever when I was in like sixth grade. I don't right fucking remember it though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I've never seen, I've never seen that part of the country and I was flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted by it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's it's gorgeous. Like I spent a good hour or so literally sitting on a cliff with like a thousand feet drop below me, like just enjoying just contemplating it <laughs> just, you know if you just take Should one I? more step all this shit could end it's Should funny I? it's funny i'm sitting up there and around the rock face that i was on because there's there's like a there's a, a ledge that you can stand on and then if you go down a little bit more there's like another ledge that you can get on it's a little bit shifty but i i stomped around on it for with one foot to make sure that it was fine and, and it well you could see it from the side that it wasn't like a like a break off cliff or anything. One hop now, y'all. Yeah, for one but foot's weight. There yeah. was, I the way, and I'm looking around, I'm sitting up there and I'm looking around, there's a whole bunch of people that have carved their initials into the rock or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder how many of these people just carved their initials and then just... And just jump. Just did it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a not spooky a, thought. It's a very spooky thought. Yeah. But like these are thoughts that go through my head uh-huh. when I'm sitting up there. Like I'm not trying to make light of it or anything. Like <clears throat> No, no, no. I'm sure that no one has because if, if they did that, rock face would, would be closed down they'd and, like, have like a gate around it or something that's what's crazy about those types of those lookout places though weird is that they don't have to any sort of yeah it's crazy well, like it's like enter at your own risk you know like i was literally standing though uh, less than a foot from the edge though like just looking over this cl- like, I, all i needed was a gush of wind <clears throat> to come behind me and i was that would that would gust. be it for me <laughs> a gust i don't think i don't think wind usually, usually comes in gushes a gush of wind. <laughs> what did I say? A gush? Yeah. Uh, or somebody threw a gusher at the back of my head, perhaps. Um, but yeah, no, it was crazy. But that being said, though, uh, West Virginia was just staggeringly beautiful. Yeah. I've never seen anything like yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't know that you'd never um, been to like the a mountainous region. No, before, so. I mean I've been to I've I've been to Arizona, New Mexico. I've seen like the the Red Mountains, mm-hmm. like all you know, that. But I've never seen <clears> the <throat> lush mountains of the Appalachian. Right on. Um, but anyway, though, uh, so at the bottom of this ravine. Of, of these cliff faces, there's this this uh, river that's running through it mm-hmm. from the waterfalls in the area. A river runs through. A river runs through. Um, and we got, and so me and, uh, oh, this is probably where you got the 15 from, but it wasn't 15. It was me, my brother, and five or six of my cousins and their husbands decided to go on a excur- excursion on a trail to the bottom from the top of the mountain, basically to the river. Did you take a burro? 
Uh, no. Uh, probably should have. Uh, that burrow would have been dead. Um, <laughs> this thing was like legitimately like an elevator. Like it was vertical. Mm-hmm. Like there's parts of it where you're legitimately lo- like, lowering yourself down in the mountain face. Like it's rock climbing. And of course, you, the whole and thing, of course you had appropriate footwear on, I am assuming. Did the, did the entire thing in Chuck Taylor's. <laughs> Jackass. Uh, I did not expect to mountain climb while I was there. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was gorgeous. We got about 75, 75% of the way. And most of our crew said that it was just, too sketch for them and they weren't they weren't going to do it um but uh yeah i i got to call bullshit on one thing oh what's that knowing you the way i do and and you knowing yourself the way you do you expected to go to a mountainous region and not climb any mountains that's true i, I just didn't I don't silly know. goose I just didn't pack my shoes i'm sorry <laughs> uh me my brother and my cousin's husband though made it to the very bottom and i spent my birthday which was on saturday happy birthday man i didn't know it was your birthday swimming in the <laughs> in the river at the bottom of this mountain with a beer in my hand, just like looking around like in the most beautiful place I can imagine. Like, it was for sharks. Um, <laughs> Those river sharks. Not sharks, but we were in Copperhead and Rattlesnake territory. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you're putting your hands yeah, in those mountainous spooky. crevasses, <laughs> that's territory for that. <laughs> like it was bear territory. and Not and to mention the man-eating and... mosquito singular. The one that was on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike posts this video of him like drinking a beer and taking a selfie, and he's just got this like giant mosquito just sucking the shit out of his face. Looked cool though. Looked like you were having a good time. I did. I did. I had a fantastic time. You don't even so. have a bite mark on your face. No, you don't have no. a mosquito bite there. He was so. just there. He was loving on go. me. That's all. <laughs> well, all right, that's uh, ten minutes of what Mike's been doing. I was, yeah. gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I hope I hope you didn't do anything cool, Jay, because Mike just dominated that whole time. I've been jamming some bass guitar, man, getting ready for that Woodward Dream Cruise show. So. That's a that's a big deal. It uh, is, yeah. uh, here in Michigan, we have the the Woodward Dream Cruise, which just people come from all over the country to come and cruise. Uh, what what's the 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 whole route is what probably twenty miles or something. So about yeah, about that twenty miles. Or and something. people just bring tens of thousands of people come out and they're you know either souped up cars or the old hot rods and street rods and stuff and just and cruise down there and it's uh, like a three day event, three day it's, affair. It's so bumper to bumper, it'll take you hours to go and you know, that full stretch. You're playing with uh, one of the guys who you uh, you recorded his record. Oops, yeah, sorry. Mr. Rich Satterfield, a little bit of some some modern country playing the, uh, country. the main stage at uh, Nine Mile and Woodward's. That'll be fun. That's cool, man. I'm hoping to make it out. It'll be cool. What time do you guys play? Friday at the 17th at 3.30. Mm. I'm going to try and get out there. So, Other than that, I had an interesting day today. Oh, you did? Oh, <laughs> I you did. Do? <laughs> I, uh, so I, I was sitting here eating dinner, right? And my uh, I have my wisdom teeth too, still. And my, my back wisdom tooth on one side, I went to go bite down and rip a piece of bread, and it just disintegrated. What? <laughs> oh, no, dear. Really? I've never had tooth problems ever in my entire life. Like, And broke. then it just... It just uh, it just broke off. Really? Yeah. And there's like a little piece hanging left on there now. So now I got to go to the dentist. Oh, that sucks. Who likes that? No, dentist. I've never, it's weird. I've worst. never had teeth issues ever. My teeth have always been fine. Never had a cavity or anything. That's wild that you, because most people have their wisdom teeth pulled. Right. And the they weird said thing my, is, you're going to go to the dentist and be you know why you haven't had any teeth issues? You don't have any teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, all, they all rotted out of your head years ago. <laughs> so that, so that was my day today. <laughs> So if, you, if, if any blood comes splurting at your way, it's my tongue getting cut by the sharp piece that's uh, left in there. But that's just horror movies. I'll for make you. sure to keep my mouth open. Cool. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> speaking of a bloody mess, why don't we get into some corrections? Stupid! You're so stupid! 
All right, I got a couple from last week. Uh, firstly, All Day IPA has a 4.7 alcohol volume, not a 5.6, like oh, I said. Oh, you stupid I know. bastard. It's actually even better because you can drink more of them mm. before you get uh, a little shitty. Yep. Uh, and the other one is probably the most glaring correction of the week, oh, and that geez. is... Uh, we did not, in fact, do a uh, giveaway <laughs> this week like, <laughs> like we said we were going to. Well, <clears throat> and this we, is, this we is, said we were going to post the bracket and yeah. then people could fill it out before the episode came out. And here's, Mike here's went the away. Here's the problem. Yeah, I went away almost immediately after you recorded and I did not anticipate not being able to be my computer, mm. um, which is dumb because I, I, I figured I'd be able to do it while I was gone. Sure. And it just, there was no time for mm-hmm. it. We, I, I was busy from sun up to sundown and... I mean, it wasn't like I was getting drunk or anything like that, but it was just always something going on. Like yep. we were, you know, I haven't seen my family in forever, so we were doing stuff. And I don't know how to use one yeah. of them computer machines, so. Yep. So it just it didn't happen. So uh, apologies for uh, for that. But people have been responding well to the bracket thing, so yeah. I think we need to do another one of those uh, at some point. Yeah, we're definitely gonna make some uh, make some different choices because the the ghosts and the demons are just like way too hard. Yeah. It, we should do a and summer bracket. And also, and also, we'll probably start with just 16. Yes. Because 32 is a lot. We should do a summer bracket and a winter bracket every year. That's what I think. Fine. That's so in another six months or so, we'll do another one? Absolutely. Sounds good to me. That's all I got. All right. Well, <clears throat> once again, I got another one from Carney. Oh, God, Carney. <laughs> I told him earlier today, we're just going to bring we're gonna bring you and Vito on as, uh, <laughs> as the qualified correction masters. So... I talked about, because I had, in my bracket, I had Zombie Michael Jackson from mm-hmm. the Thriller video. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned something about him being in the, the hand-tied knife fight in the bad video. The hand-tied knife fight was in the Beat It video, mm. not the bad video. And Michael Jackson was not one of the two guys in the fight. <laughs> oh, come on, man. So, there you go. Hey, James. Yes? Beat it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> later. Wait. Later, Michael. hey Later. Be patient. And uh, surprise, surprise, our, our other one comes from Vito. Um, this isn't so much, well, it is a correction, but it's a it's a correction in his eyes, and I tend to agree. So uh, uh, we can all we can all say that he's arguably probably the most respected source for these types of things. This is in regards to our bracket last week. Mm-hmm. And he says, the thing, these are his words, the thing would beat Victor Crowley. I conceded this one to you. Ah, hold on. The thing would be. He called me about this one too. The thing would beat Victor Crowley. You can only defeat the thing with fire. Victor Crowley is afraid of fire. If Victor Crowley went up to either A, slice the thing, or B, rip the thing apart, the thing would open up and crazy teeth and tentacles would latch into Victor and kill him. There you have it, straight from the handsome ginger but, horse's mouth. Uh, but I have an argument against that though. Why? Victor Crowley's been killed. He just comes back. So was the thing. Just saying. I think. I think. Listen, there's a lot of different ways. Remember how I said this was like a number eight seed beating a number one seed? I still stick to that. And the I nice think thing that about, I, I think that I was being very generous when I gave the it nice to you. The nice thing about our brackets, though, is that just because somebody. Can, I can kill you by shooting you in the head, or I can kill you by stabbing you in the heart. I don't have to do both. You know what I'm saying? Just because you have an offense doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to use it before I can get to you. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Now, uh, somebody else, um, uh, Tragic Llama, on uh, our Instagram friend, Tragic Mm -hmm. Llama, Mm -hmm. she pointed out to us as well that for the ghosts, we were having a hard time killing the ghosts. If you burn the bones of the ghost's body, it kills the ghost. 
Yeah, we but, forgot about that. But none of the ghosts that we were using, did anybody have access to the go- to the bones? They could find them. Like, hey, hold on one second. I got to go find your body. <laughs> Let's stop this fight. I'm going to search the world for your body. Uh, we, we also did, We I noticed we switched the rules up a lot. Like, in one fight, Beetlejuice could leave his house, and then his next round, he couldn't leave his house because mm-hmm. he'd, be, he'd be eaten by sandworms. So, next time... Next time listen, we gotta think things through a little listen, bit more. Listen, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. We, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like we, I, I feel like overall our champion was probably the the rightful owner of that I agree. title. So I agree. The, somebody, the predator is a badass. Somebody also brought up that uh, a vamp. My brother actually brought up. My brother listened for the first time probably ever. Oh. Uh, uh, Sean listened to it. and He goes, "The vampire versus the predator is weird because a vampire is technically dead, so they would be cold blooded, and the vampire sees with heat." So the, so the predator would not be able to the see vampire the vampire sees with oh the, the, the predator. predator sees heat with heat vision. No, I don't think he the predator, can, he think, can switch back and that's forth. That's what I thought. That was my question to him. I go, I don't can I don't think the predator can because, do both. Because because in the original movie, uh, when when Schwarzenegger covers himself in mud to mask his heat signature, once the predator figures out what he's done, he Turns switches his heat. Yeah. He switches off his he heat takes vision. He takes his helmet off, basically, right? Well, that's that's when they're about to fight at the end. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, but uh, he switches from heat vision to I don't know if it's laser like a, vision. Laser vision. <laughs> if it's like motion sensor or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But, okay. Okay. So he has the ability to see people I, who are cold. Too. I didn't concede it to him. I said I don't think that's hundred percent correct, but that's a good point that we didn't bring up. You know, I don't yeah. think it would have necessarily changed anything, but it's a good point. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's it for corrections. All right, so this week we are talking about good old babysitter. Good old. Good old babysitter. Or bad old babysitter. Do you have any good good memories of babysitters when you were growing up? Do I? No. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I had had, uh, at least one inappropriate babysitter who we played, like, some of the neighbor kids came over and we played Truth or Dare with, and there was a lot of, like, you know, like, just hand stuff. Just mostly like <laughs> over the pants hand stuff. No, no like, I, I, there, he, there was like there was like you know truth to dare. So you end up kissing people and blah blah blah. And some how of much us, older than some of us ended up how, kissing how, the babysitter. How old was the babysitter and how old were you? She was probably five years older than us. But what age? Oh, I don't know. Um, because this this is this is an encroaching weird territory. Was she eighteen and you were like thirteen? N- well, no, I don't need a babysitter when I'm thirteen. I listen. I'm just saying. Regardless, I think the statute of limitations <laughs> is, is, is is gone on this gone. one. So the only, the only, um, the only but things no, I have there was, there was stuff like that. But my my memories, my babysitters, I don't remember them well. I know that there was one that had down the street for me, and uh, she would always bring over like weird food. Like we, it was the only time that I ever had the. Uh, the old school stovetop popcorn, where it was in like the top the, the foil. Like, <laughs> was your babysitter Drew Barrymore from Scream? What the hell? I just remember no, that nobody eats that we, shit. We had it when I was a kid or whatever. Yeah, we would eat weird things there. Like, I don't remember all it was. She probably gave us like egg McMuffin and hot dog sandwiches and stuff. I don't know. That's interesting, right? <laughs> See, my experience, I would have to kind of relate to James a little bit, which was really weird because my. My babysitters were my aunts and my grandmas. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, nothing like James's. It's only over the clothes stuff, okay? <laughs> no, no, my, mine were always family members growing up. I was fortunate, you know, my uh, both my grandmas were able to go on and off, or, mm-hmm. or my aunt would be able to take on her cousin occasionally or something. Yeah, I had a lot of different babysitters when I was younger. A lot of them were much older than me, but uh, on occasion we would just have like a, you know, like an older junior high or a high school girl come mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Those were the real good nights. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> never had. 
Uh, so anyway, we're talking about bad babysitters this this week. We're going to talk about the movie The Babysitter uh-huh. and also the movie Emily. Uh-huh. Both great movies. Uh, one I like better than the other, but yes, both Obviously. great. But both great. They were, uh, man, I... Well, they're you, very different movies. You got me shook up last night because I was—I had just turned it on. I was like five minutes into Emily, and you—and he texts me and goes, "What the fuck are you making me watch?" <laughs> and I go, "What, Emily?" And he's like, "Yeah, dude, this movie's messed up." And I go, "I go, oh gosh, what?" Because I—I like ever since having kids, I get really rattled by stuff going on, like if kids get killed and stuff like that. And there's this adorable little four-year-old in this movie. And then there's two other older kids, but I was like, if she does anything to that four-year-old kid, I'm not watching any more movies ever. Yeah. And he just texts back, this is your fault, man. And I was like, oh. So I spent the whole movie like on the edge of my seat going, is she going to kill this kid or something? And then the end came, and I'm like, that wasn't that bad at all, Mike. What the hell were you talking about? The, some stuff early on yeah, in the we'll movie get, happens. We'll get into very, it. We'll yeah. get into it. We'll get so into anyway, it. we're but, talking yeah. about those two movies. And to go along with that, we are drinking Crush raspberry sour mm. from Tim Barrel Brewing Company. I'm happy I found a sour because I was kind of in the mood for a sour. I really like that you've had this before, right? No, I've not. It's delicious. And I'm pretty sure you have over at my high. I had like a whole case of this. My dad gave me a whole case yes! of this. Yes! Oh my god, I didn't realize that was the same stuff. You're yep. right though. And Tim, Tim Barrel, this is the hat that I'm always wearing. Yep. Yep. Is it, not, okay. this, not this one, obviously. Not but, uh, so this is crushed raspberry sour. I'm assuming crushed because everybody has a crush on their... The, the the moral of the story is don't have a crush on your babysitter. Don't have a crush because on they'll kid. try to kill you. Exactly. That's that's the moral that, of the story. That seems to be how things go. <laughs> so drink beer outside, brewed to appeal to any palate or virgins of the sour craze. This award-winning beer is crisp and refreshing, made for you to crush anywhere, anytime. The time is now. Hashtag crush life. Hashtag crush life. <laughs> <laughs> we got a six six point five alcohol by volume and seven IBUs. Ten Barrel Brewing Company is from Bend, Oregon, and I love that name because it sounds like you're saying bend over again. <laughs> yeah, just bend over again. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that you said your babysitter? Hmm? Over the clothes, <laughs> yeah, of just, course. Yeah, just bend over again. <laughs> now, that same babysitter, so I, I like, got a, a peck during Truth or Dare, you know? What are you guys looking at? Oh, nothing. I got a peck during Truth or Dare from her. Ooh. I have a friend. I'm not going to say his name or her name just because it's... I, I just I don't want to incriminate anybody, but he actually was pretty notorious for the fact that he actually full on made out with her at one point in time. <laughs> like nice, like that got into the realm of probably inappropriacity. 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 Okay. So we'll can you it. drink this, Jay? Was that what you were just looking up? Oh no. No, no, I was on Guitar Center site. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were like, I, I had something I needed to look up really quick. <laughs> I was just adding my hand on the beer because I was excited for opening and drinking beer. I'm thirsty. I thought he was looking up the same thing. That's why I was looking. I was like, oh my God, can he, is there something in this you can't have? So this is, uh, have you had this one, Jay? No, I have not. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. This yeah. is a really good beer. I'm ready for some rasp, some Cheers, berry, some and rasp. some sour. Mm. There's mm. the rasp, the Ooh. berry, the sour! <laughs> It's the no, perfect it's, sour. It's, it's just it, enough to give a bite on your tongue, and it's got foot full on. And raspberries are kind of not sour, they're but tart. They're, they're tart to yeah. begin with. So it's a really good blend. These, uh, as far as sours go, this might actually be my favorite no, it's, that I've it's, ever it's, had. I haven't had a ton of sours, but this is probably definitely my favorite. Yeah, I it's completely good. agree. <clears throat> We've had a lot of sours lately. It was like my, a third or fourth sour in the last couple weeks. Yeah, 
last month, maybe two months or so. You just in a mood. I guess it's a sour mood. I buy. I buy what the label tells me, man. Okay, <laughs> it's it's totally. Uh... I, I feel you. It kind of reminds me of um, uh, what, what's uh, Airheads, a little bit. Oh, like, like uh, the Airheads candies. Yeah, like Warheads. 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 I loved Warheads, mm-hmm. man. I can. But they they're sour at first. Those things are intense, but I definitely I get do that. Love them. Yeah, mm. this is like I'll... a melted down Warhead. It's delicious. I really like that. All right, well, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. feed. All right, uh, so the bleed feed. Uh, Unfortunately, we have to start off the way that... uh, we do oftentimes with a death, mm-hmm. uh, and this one is uh, this one's sad because of how young the person was. Uh, rest in peace this week to uh, Rick Genest, uh, oh, actor yeah. and uh, model. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know him by that name, though, you would know him probably by his stage name, which was Zombie Boy, mm-hmm. um, which is cl- totally unexpected. The guy was 32 years old. Uh, he passed away from a fall from his balcony. Um, now, did you, did you already say a parent's suicide? No, this, and I'm not. Well, I wasn't because um, apparently Lady Gaga, who had worked with him, she was in the, the Born This Way. I guess he was yeah. in her Born This Way music video. And first, they had a first, bit of a friendship. First of all, describe who he is a little more. Okay, he's, yeah, if, you've, probably, boy, you've probably seen him He's before. the guy that has, um, he was tattooed from head to toe. Uh, his face was a skull. His, and he had like the skull cut with the brain on top of his, mm-hmm. uh, in the tattoos. Um, and he was just—he was just known. He was in uh, Suicide Squad. He was in uh, Forty Seven Ronin, which was that Keanu Reeves movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the uh, Lady Gaga Born This Way video and uh, some other stuff. He—he he did modeling for—I uh, forget what companies it was, but um, yeah, uh, Jay Z. I think he modeled for Rocco Rockaware mm-hmm. at one point. I, I thought it was like high high fashion he, stuff. He, like no, he Gu- did a high Gucci fashion or something. He like did that. high fashion stuff too, I believe. But um, anyway, um, he fell from his balcony, and and Lady Gaga. Was the first one to write something online about it, and she called it, and she called it a suicide. Yeah. Well, apparently, no one said that it was a suicide, and she immediately took down her tweet and apologized for jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Um, now, I guess the the police department in um, I think it was Ontario that he was in was it Ontario? Mm, I, I be- didn't see where he was. I believe it was Ontario. I know it was in Canada. Yeah, he did um, uh, Quebec, maybe. It was yeah. I hope that's not a correction, but maybe it's a correction. I think he was from Quebec, but, but um, I, I'm not sure. But um, they're they're treating it as a suicide, but apparently the coroner will have the final say, and the coroner um, has yet to do his autopsy. Mm-hmm. So according to his family, though, they're saying that, like he was like people like he would always lean up against his balcony to smoke. Yeah, and uh, they said that he was working on a bunch of different projects. He seemed to be good. Uh, and they don't think that it was suicide. They think that he might have just fallen. Like something might have happened and he might have fallen over the rail. Huh. Um, other people say that when you literally tattoo yourself into a body, your body can become a prison and it's possible that he was dealing with a bunch of stuff that no one ever knew about. Everyone's got a theory about it, it seems. Um, you, know, you know, after I saw his... After I saw the news about his death, though, like you, I, I looked up some stuff, interviews with him. He did a TED talk and and stuff like, like he was really proud of his appearance, mm-hmm. and he he liked people looking at him and kind of viewing him as, as like a, 
not a freak. I mean, an, he, like he oddity. even said, like an oddity. Like yeah. he's like, I like when people look at me. I like when people come up and ask me questions. I really thrive on that. Yeah. So it's it's it, that kind of seems hard to believe that. But you never know. You never know what's going on in somebody's head. I'm confused how a coroner could tell somebody accidentally falling from a balcony, though, and somebody doing it on purpose, though. Like the impact, I feel, would be the same. I'm a little bit confused. I mean, I guess they could tell whether or not there was things in the system. If like you had any any alcohol or drugs in the system, they would know, I suppose. Maybe it's but something even more advanced like that, like the amount of adrenaline in your system. Or, I have no I idea know. how that works. You but, know what I mean? Um, in any case, though, it's super sad. 32 years old, um, gone incredibly too soon. So yeah, uh, rest sucks. in peace to Rick Genest. Um, um, I actually, there's a death I wanted to bring up, too, but just because this is a, a local one from my hometown of Bad X. Um has to do with movies because this uh, this pilot named Trevor Engler, uh, he's he's been a fixture in Bad Axe for years. I know that you guys have been up up there around the lake and stuff, and you've seen people flying around in these paraglider things. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a parachute with a giant fan on the back. Almost, and, like, almost like a go-kart, it looks like, with a fan on the back with sort, a parachute up top. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, and he, he actually invented that vehicle. He flies for Gemini. He flies for the same company that uh, our buddy Ryan Walter oh, yeah. flies for. Oh, yeah, the cat. Like, they were partners, basically. Ugh. So um, Ryan knew him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And a lot of people around Bad X knew him. Uh, but he was, uh, he kind of gained a little bit of fame when his uh, his vehicles were modified to be to look like snowmobiles, and they were actually used in The World Is Not Enough, the James Bond film. Oh, yeah. You remember those on the yeah, like when they're chasing him down the hill and and they're uh, they've got these giant powered fan snowmobiles with parachutes on them. That was and he was actually one of the stunt pilots in the movie as well. He was flying uh, I think what would, what was a uh, a new prototype mm-hmm. around Bad X just this past weekend I believe and he lost control or they're still investigating. They don't know how it happened, but people who know him and know how amazing of a pilot he is say that there's he doesn't he didn't make mistakes like yeah. he's not the type of pilot who makes mistakes so they're assuming it was some sort of mechanical error but he ended up crashing and uh and passing away over the weekend oh, so that's that was wow. really terrible. terrible 44 years old has children and Jeez. a wife and just awful so i just wanted to bring that up it's really sad and that's crazy man and I, I didn't know that but i was just thinking about him today when i saw a friend posted a, a picture of from like michigan side that someone was flying one of those machines yeah because they're all over now you they're know? all over the place yeah then he invented that and i was right. thinking about that guy man like that guy's local and, and then i hear that that's it kind of and blows it, my mind it seems so weird too because it's a there's a parachute on top you would think that if like the engine cut out or something you could just kind of float it down to earth but obviously we don't we don't know how those yeah, things work so it's much more complicated than that but just awful, and Jeez, yeah. you know, rest in peace and our, our condolences to the family. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, um, anyway, moving on to the news. Uh, let's what shift do we got? gears here. Uh, these are your headlines for this week. Uh, Legendary Pictures has picked up an untitled superhero heist project. Hmm. Right? That sounds weird. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, from Chris Baugh and Brendan Mullen, who did a movie, uh, a movie called Bad Day for the Cut. I'm not sure exactly what that is. Mm-mm. I'm going to check it out now, though. Um, so it's really cool. Like, you think of superhero movies as kind of the big tentpole, you know, superhero movies. It's, oh, they're here to save the day. And blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty played <laughs> out. Of, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty played out at this point. Um, <laughs> I like them, but it is. Uh, so this, this movie is interesting because uh, 
It revolves around a group of career criminals who stage a heist on the lair of a superhero and then must escape with their lives when everything goes wrong. Hmm. And all I can think of is, what dumbasses broke into the Batcave? <laughs> how, how do you expect to break out of that? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, it's weird. Like, does the, does the superhero that... almost become sort of the antagonist No, I'm hoping it's then? Alfred. That's what I'm hoping. Like, Alfred's running around with like a Glock, just like shooting people. <laughs> No, honestly, though, it it, it kind of sounds like they're making the you know you shouldn't be robbing people, but it kind of makes it makes the superhero sound like the antagonist, mm-hmm. like they're running for their I'm, lives from I'm him. I'm into it. I think sounds it sounds cool. I think yeah, it sounds really cool. It's really interesting, especially if they do it in as a heist movie and not a superhero movie. Like they mm-hmm. give it that grittiness to it. It gives it that like a like a dark version of like Ocean's Eleven, but bad guy yeah for you know what I'm saying? And, then, and then the superhero's like a little bit unstable so maybe it's a little darker than you yeah know, you Un- expect, un- like. unstable man unstable man you just can't stand straight up ever powers <laughs> and he falls over it's the opposite of a weeble it's a wobble weebles wobble but they don't fall down <laughs> this guy does the opposite amazing um so that sounds pretty cool um I love it when when you hear about movies that were made a long time ago but never saw the light of day. I love when you finally say, "Oh, this movie was found and it's going to be put out and it's going to be re, uh, you know, re- revamped for you know newer audiences with a fresh coat of paint on it or whatever." Right? Mm-hmm. I love I love when that happens. Um, I love even more when a movie that gets started and never gets finished and then gets finished hmm. in present day. So this is fun. Uh, the the Primevals, which was a Charles Band produced sci-fi fantasy film, it began production in 1978. Wow! And then uh, it what happened? It, it kind of fell apart. It like kind of lost its funding, and then the director picked it back up in like 1994 or something like that. Yeah. And worked on it for a few years until he died in 1999. Huh? It was still never released. Now, 40 years later, Jeez. Charles Band is finishing the movie that was started in 1978 wow. and giving it a release through Full Moon. Well, that's not as bad as I was thinking. You, I, as soon as you mentioned it, I immediately pictured like a black and white film, and then halfway through <laughs> mid-scene, and all of a sudden, boom, all this CGI and modern technology. <laughs> what's going on That here? would be a very interesting movie. I'll give it that. Um, what's cool is that one of the guys working on it, uh, who was a protege of the director, I, I don't have the director's name on me here, but he was like a protege of the director and did a lot of stop motion stuff, and he did work on like the Avengers movies now and a bunch of other stuff. He came back to finish the project. Oh, cool. Uh, that his that his the guy he looked up to started mentor. Nice. Mentor. Thank there you. you. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word. That his mentor started. Yeah, so, that's really and cool. And a lot of it looks like it's it's done with like like um, miniatures and whatnot. And like I've seen some pictures from it. It looks badass. It, cool. looks, it looks really cool. Like if you like that kind of like old. I don't want to say Harryhausen look, but kind of like mm-hmm. it's that miniature kind of stop motiony looking uh, wire work kind of stuff. Not wire work, but. Like you know uh, stop motion. So. Yeah, yeah. So it looks pretty cool. I'm cool. I'm pretty excited for it actually. Um, an update on the Jordan Peele produced Twilight Zone reboot. Uh-huh. We talked about this a little while back. Um, just an update on it. The uh, writers' room has been assembled. It has concepts, outlines, and scripts all in various stages, and they are hoping to be shooting and uh, starting production in the next few months. Which means we are going to be getting a Twilight Zone TV show. I mean, possibly in winter. Nice. Maybe. I mean, how quick TV moves. That's so, exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the old Twilight Zone. Mm. I've got the whole don't collection. You, of... Why don't you name your band after one of them? <laughs> Why don't I? Oh, yeah. 
You did. Oh, I did. That's right, I did. <laughs> well, yeah, I was in it too. Um, anyway, so that's exciting. I'm very excited for the Twilight Zone to come back. Um, okay. We had a death a few, I don't know, maybe about a month and a half, two months ago, mm -hmm. which was a big blow to the horror community if you liked toys. And that death was Toys R Us. Ah, uh, yes. Toys R Us shut its doors. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> which, which left a giant hole in the toy market. And part of that toy market are horror toys. Oh. And one company, that specifically that makes horror toys, is NECA. Mm -hmm. They make amazing uh, figures, uh, really in-depth, detailed figures yeah. of, of all these horror icons. Uh, well, not to fear, Target has stepped up. If you are a toy fan, if you collect toys, Target has stepped up, and they are now going to be carrying the full line of NECA action figures. Nice. So if you are, I know a lot of horror fans, probably people that listen to our show are toy collectors as well, so... If you had not heard this news, you can get your NECA fill at uh, at Target now. You go in, you go in awesome. and get your your NECA toys. Stop by the men's clothing section. Get, get yourself a, a nice tank. Get a get a few Goodfellow and Company mm. tanks. Mm. And you could stop by their cafe and get some of their fresh popcorn. Oh, they still, do they popcorn? still do that? Maybe and a miniature the, pizza if you're feeling randy. And buy them all with a nice hey, don't little... don't feeling my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it as soon as I said it. <laughs> but, what if, but what if you wanted it and you were feeling randy, though? Like, well, then... Then like what if when in Rome? What if your mom was shopping at Target? <laughs> Just saying. You can bust in out, Rome. You can bust out your uh, red card, get them five percent off. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, who doesn't love Target? Now it's just um, that much better. Right? So that's pretty cool, though. I figure, like I said, if people wanted their toys and thought they were going to have to buy them online or at specialty places, like, no, there's going to be a big box store. I guess, would you call a Target big box? Uh, Kind of, Bigger yeah. box, maybe. Bigger box. Bigger box store. Um, so you can get them there. That's actually pretty cool. Um, I have a question now. Yeah. What's new on Blue, baby? <laughs> What's new on Blue, baby? All righty. Blues, baby. Eureka Entertainment has announced a trio of releases for the Halloween season, each with limited edition O-card okay, slipcases. I don't know what that is. What's an O-card slipcase? I have no idea. Oh. I know where no faces. <laughs> uh, first up is Night of the Creeps in dual format as part of the Eureka Classics collection. This deluxe edition comes with the original director's cut and loads of special features. Next is George A. Romero's nightmarish tale of a man and his little monkey. No, it's not what you're thinking, Mike. It is, of course, Monkey Shines from oh, 1988. Oh, sorry. And bringing up the rear is a two-film collection of undoubtedly the most important films of the past few decades. Oh, my God! <laughs> it's Troll and Troll 2, with a brand-new artwork by Devin Whitehead and a collector's booklet featuring rare content. Ooh. Uh, all three Blu-rays will be out on October 8th in the UK. Womp womp. Yeah. For a full list of special features, head over to the Eureka Entertainment's Facebook page. Next up, get ready to feel old, boys. It's been announced that Best Buy is getting an exclusive 25th anniversary Blu-ray of Hocus Pocus. Oh, I'm excited for this. I, I was looking at the deets of this. 20, the, 25 the years. Can you believe that came out 25 years ago? I actually, to be honest with you, I thought it was older. I, oh, I, I kind of thought we'd be on 30 years at this point because oh, no, I don't. As long as I remember my childhood, that movie was out. Ugh, we're getting so old. I know. Well, the design of this exclusive steelbook is based on the Sanderson sisters' spell book from the film and will include a 40-page gallery book that will be hitting shelves on September 4th. Oh, wait. That's the steelbook. 
Yeah. Target's putting one out too. Oh, are they really? I didn't yeah. see that Ooh, one. Oh, yeah. Target's putting out their big special editions with a 40 page book that come with it, but it's like the box packaging instead of the steel book. It's like. Oh, the... I, you know what? I mixed my two different oh. releases here. Good job, so, James. Yeah, sorry. So, okay. So go to <laughs> go to Target, obviously. For get the a steel book. Get a NECA toy. Grab the. No, Target. Oh, oh, yeah, no. Best buy. Get a NECA tie. Get a NECA toy. <laughs> We're so bad at this. <laughs> a tie. <laughs> Get a Nekatoy and your uh and and the actual good release of this mm. with the forty page booklet. Yes. <clears throat> there you go. Next up is something very cool from Blue Underground. They have done a 4K restoration of Lucio Falce's Zombie and will be offering it up in the choice of three different 3D lenticular slipcovers that feature three different iconic scenes from the film. Did you see these? No. Oh, they're super cool. Are they? Yes. Uh, the restoration comes from the uncensored original camera negative, and each one of the two discs is loaded down with special features. This 40th anniversary le- release will be up for pre-order soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, now for some news that Mike won't give a good gosh darn about. Oh, like what? Rob Zombie's Halloween <clears throat> is getting a two-disc release on October 2nd, seemingly with no extra features mm. that weren't already there. Yep. Uh, but it is coming in stunning steelbook packaging. Oh, joy. <laughs> oh, Mike hates steelbooks. I just don't see the point in them. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the feature film directorial debut of veteran British TV director Dirk Campbell entitled I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle will be hitting DVD and Blu-ray with a brand new 4K restoration on October 23 as part of the Kino Lorber Studio Classics Collection. Nice. And last, but certainly not least, Scream Factory announced today that they will be bringing us yet another Blu-ray release of John Carpenter's The Thing. Nothing really new to speak of for additional content for this release that wasn't already on their previous one. Except this one is being brought to you, brought to you in. Get your cre- get your credit card out, Michael. Stunning steelbook packaging. Oh. <laughs> November sixth. Oh. <laughs> and I gotta say, I I wrote steelbook a lot in these right here. Mm-hmm. And my f- beautiful Apple computer piece of shit. Every time I wrote steelbook and I would hit enter to move on to the next line, it would automatically. It would automatically correct it to Steenbach. Steenbach. I'm like, what are you doing? This doesn't even mean anything. And so I had to, I had to look up Steenbach to find out what it actually isn't is. A ste- isn't, uh, isn't a Steenbach like an old editing machine? It's a small antelope of grassy, oh. <laughs> of grassy areas of eastern and southern Africa. Apple, get your shit together. I can't imagine that wait, people wait, wait, wait. are Perhaps... writing the word Steenbach enough to where you have to correct me every time I write steelbook. All right, all right, pause, pause. To Steenbach. Is there any part of you that doesn't think that those... <sighs> Those sheep of people that will wait like four, five, six hours outside of an Apple store for a new iPhone that does nothing new but complicate their life. <laughs> well, is there no part of you that thinks that they wouldn't, wouldn't that they would not watch a movie that was printed on a small antelope? It's like the most <laughs> hipster thing in the entire world. What? I like they would do it. I could see that. <laughs> they would do it. You you actually have to go out and shoot it before you can watch the movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my my point is uh I'm getting tired of your shit, Apple. Yeah, I yep. will. I will continue to use your products because I'm one of those sheep that Mike just talked about. I mean, I won't stand outside mm. of a store for four hours, but I, I joined the club about like a year or two late, and then I'm like, okay, I'll finally update my uh, operating software. <laughs> or, <laughs> or uh, you know, I think as well, the bugs are probably out. Or that phone's been out for a year. I'll get that one now. <laughs> mm. It's actually probably the smart way of doing it. All right. Uh, so last up on here, um, this has to do with the Meg. 
Ooh. So John Turtletob uh, did some. Uh, it's a cool name. Some interviews. One of them was with our good friend Vito. Really? Oh yeah, Vito shot a behind the scenes thing for the, like the, the New Zealand film press or something like that. His company was hired to do the video while they were interviewing John Turtletub. So he was actually on the red carpet for the premiere of the Meg, which is pretty cool. You think you're better than us, Vito? Oh, Vito. Anyway, um, he said the same thing though that this uh, that the article says. Uh, John Turtletub is is upset over the fact that so much. How did he put it here? Disgusting, bloody deaths were taken out of the movie. Uh, the studio wanted a PG-13 movie so that it would be uh, appreciated by the widest audience possible. That's what they wanted. And let's be honest, John Turtletob is he's he's a the, he's part of the majors when it comes to directors. He's done studio movies his whole career. Mm-hmm. He's gonna play ball. He's, he's one of those kind of directors. Yeah. Doesn't make him bad, but he's he's doesn't not make him a bad guy. Doesn't make him a bad guy. He just he's just not as good as the good guys. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so he he has he's gone on to say that there was so much that was planned for this movie that we'll never see, um, and it's not even that it was just cut out of the movie. It's like they shot the scenes, but the problem is there's so much VFX that need to go into these scenes to finish mm-hmm. them. There's the, no one's gonna put millions of dollars in to finish these scenes just so that people can see them as a deleted scene on a Blu-ray. It's just not going to happen. So oh, silly monkeys. It's just... so he wishes they could have shown it. But he also goes. He goes. My wife is happy that I cut it out, and I'm happy that my kids can watch the movie. But I'm really upset that I wasn't able to no, actually stop. do it. Shut up! It's a horror movie. Like don't. If you, it's a summer shark fest. I mean, it's whatever. I'm. I listen. I'm on your side here. I'm just saying. It's a yeah. It's a shark fest. Guess guess what? Being eaten by a shark is. It's a bloody mess. It's true. I have to. I've never been eaten by a shark, but I have to. Oh, guess. you haven't? I have. <laughs> I have to imagine. It <laughs> sounds bloody disgusting. A, oh! <laughs> Shout out. Uh, I, that's just stupid. Yeah. I, when when are people gonna understand? Just release a rated R movie. This, enough with this PG thirteen bullshit. Was always deep blue sea. Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark fin. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> that is an excellent way to end the news. And since we're in our uh, our 101st episode, I figured I would bring something new on to enlighten you gentlemen. <laughs> okay. With the, uh, some words of Wilson. Wilson wisdom, <laughs> if you will, uh, from Home Improvement. <laughs> you know, he always has some great quotes, so I figure that's a great way to end our new segment hit and us sign with, off. Hit us with some Wilson. Wilson. Words of wisdom from Wilson number one. Never give a sword to a man who can't dance. <laughs> Boom, that was the news. <laughs> yes. All right. I think we found Perfect. a new segment. That's it. <laughs> Short and to the point. I dig it. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back... We're going to do the babysitter. <laughs> Here we are. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. It is time for the tofu, and by tofu, I mean babysitter. Both great to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like there it. There it is. <laughs> um, all right, so we're talking about two movies this week about absolutely batshit crazy babysitters. Mm-hmm. They start off sweet enough, but underneath that little uh, exterior, 
is a real sour. Get it because of the beer oh, interior. Did you plan that? Did not. No. Off the cuff. But hey, man. Ah, uh, thank you. Well uh, thank done. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, first movie that we are talking about uh, is a movie called Emily from 2015. Now, mm-hmm. I had never heard of this movie before in my life. Neither had I. I uh, I think we just found it on Netflix. I mean, we I hate, just uh, like we were. I hate to say it, it fit the category. We well, we picked our we picked our show topic kind of last minute this week because Mike was Mike was, I was gone. Out of town. And then, yep. He came back and we like a day went by and we're like shit we need a show so we just we went on Netflix and started looking at movies and what can we pair together here I saw this one I thought it looked interesting mm-hmm. and then Mike and I told Mike about this movie he's like oh well there's also that movie The Babysitter I had, so I had why don't been we... wanting to rewatch The Babysitter because we watched it last year while we were carving uh, pumpkins yeah so we didn't really so we pay too much attention, attention to but it. I remember liking it so I had been yep. wanting to rewatch it for a while so. This is uh, and look at that. It's it's a new beginning. It's the uh, babysitters are all at the forefront of horror. You know, it, it makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, so Emily from 2015, directed by uh, Michael Thalen. Uh, mm-hmm. So Michael Thalen, um, he directed a lot of documentaries, live music, concert DVDs, if mm-hmm. you will, for like Paramore, Panic of the Disco, Lupe Fiasco, All Time Low, Stone Temple Pilots, Twenty One Pilots, um, tons of people. He's got a big background in doing that type of thing this was his feature this i believe debut, was his feature yeah. debut and what a doozy of a debut <laughs> what a doozy <laughs> um, emily from 2015 is about a couple's replacement babysitter who turns out to be more than they bargained for when she subject subjects their kids to a series of twisted activities babysitter more than meets the eye <laughs> right is that how that goes I, I feel like i see a lot of synopsi Synopsis. <laughs> like, similar to that. This movie's about this when this family got more than they bargained for when da-da-da. <laughs> well, kind of well, a good. it's a good go-to because that can. that's like an all-encompassing statement. Yeah, it doesn't really more give anything away. More than they bargained for. It could be Which, a... If you're worried about a, things getting given away, don't listen to this podcast because we're going to give it away. Yeah, we're going to give this... Yeah, well, You're yeah, going to get as, more than you bargained <laughs> for. You're going to get more than you bargained for. As always, spoiler alerts. Yep. So uh, in in this movie, you've got um, Sarah Bulger, uh, Emily, played by the lovely Irish, Lo- lovely. the lovely Irish Rose, Sarah Bulger. She reminds me a lot of a Emily girl. Dormer. She's <laughs> uh, the Natalie cro- Dormer. Or Natalie Dormer, yeah. the cro- with the crooked smile. I can see that. She looks a lot like her. I, can I see actually that. thought that it was her at first. No, because she's from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Okay, I just watched my first episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, look at you. So oh, yeah. you know all the actors. Guys, in guys, I'm, I'm catching up here. I'm catching up here. Listen, I just saw a baby get punted out of a window, so uh, leave me be. He's not a baby. He's like nine. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. He got Sparta kicked out of a window. Um, yeah, so Sarah Bulger, uh, who is... Um, <clears throat> what he said. Uh, and then you have um, Carly Adams, who plays Sally Thompson. Don't you fucking dare do it. Don't you don't, don't you do it? Why would this I? This movie was creepy enough as it is. Why would I? I don't need you being creepy. Um, uh, Sally Thompson <laughs> is the uh, the oldest uh, little girl in the in the movie, the mm-hmm. middle child. Then you have uh, Thomas Blair, a bear, who plays Christopher, the youngest child. And then Joshua Rush plays Jacob, the oldest child. So those four people are basically the th- the four main characters of the story. The uh, the casting credits on IMDb for are this movie so are so weird. They've got Sally Thompson, the uh, uh, 
Carly Adams, the, as the, the like lead. the middle child as the lead, and then they have kitchen staff as the second, like the second build, and then the neighbor is third. Like, who the hell are these people? I they weren't no even in the movie. Works. Were they legit kitchen staff that like top-notch chefs who require premium pay for their daily duties? Yeah, like the Iron Chef. Yeah, yeah. So no. I can understand that one. But Sarah Bolger is, or Bolger, or whatever her name is, she's like you're giving the kitchen staff a pass. Tenth down <laughs> on the list. It's like what the hell's yeah, going on here? Yeah, it's really bizarre. But those those are your four main characters of the story, though. Right. Um. So let's 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 get this down to to brass tacks here. Uh, a mom and a dad are going out for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Their normal babysitter is not available. So the normal babysitter recommends her friend, who comes highly recommended. Uh, that friend shows up to the house. Parents leave. All hell breaks loose. Well, she doesn't loo- show up to the house. All the hell dad, breaks loose. The dad picks her up. Yeah, which we'll get there. That's a fucking weird thing. Okay. It's a really fucking weird thing. Okay. But uh, so the the new babysitter comes though, and as soon as the parents leave, things are not not right. Yeah, you can tell that she's not really good with kids. Something's off about her, and you don't know exactly what it is at first. She's pretty all right at first. Like she's definitely she's putting out like a. Uh, creepy like I a, love 11 year olds vibe no. yeah cause she did literally right away Ye- right not, away not right away not right away she was at first when she was she seemed pretty good with the kids but it didn't take too long to spiral out of control yes. yeah um, like I said Mike texted me that he was feeling pretty uncomfortable by this movie <laughs> yeah really did <laughs> and uh not just me but roommate jen as well like she was watching it with me we oh, were yeah. both severely just skeeved out of our fucking skins watching the first half of this movie but i understood what she was doing so she uh um emily who is actually spoiler alert actually it's not that much of a spoiler you pretty much know it right from the beginning that she's uh, not who she says she is you don't really know okay you know of course that she's, you do you, you know, know it from literally the first 10 seconds of the movie. Not, well, okay. What, what James is referring to is that somebody's walking home from school and they get kidnapped in a car. Now, side note, they had a really cool transition from that, that kidnapping into the neighbor kid riding his bike into Very frame cool. yeah. to start the story. This whole movie was shot really well. It was really shot well. really yeah. well. The cinematography's really well. The direction was, was awesome. Um, but... As far as the girl getting kidnapped in the beginning, you don't know exactly. You don't know who she is. This yeah, is you a, do. They say her name. Do they? Yep. Okay, they do. I she, must have missed that. She, okay. she leans in the window, and and the girl. You don't you don't see who's in the driver's seat yet because it's kind of far away. But she says, "Do you know how to get from the post to the post, post office, office from here?" Yeah. And the girl leaning in the window says, "Oh, I'm not really good with directions, but I think you're done." And then a guy walks up, and she goes, "Oh, hey, can you help us? Mm-hmm. Do you know where the post office oh, is?" Just, "Oh, are you Anna?" And the driver says, "Oh, are you Anna?" Okay, you're right. I I must have missed that when I first watched right. it. So, missing that little clue though. Even though you know that there's something amiss, obviously, there is something afoot. Um, <laughs> you don't know exactly what her motivation is, though. Right. And that's, and that's what kind of keeps you on edge. Because you don't know if she is a crazy person that just wants to legitimately have sex with an 11-year-old. Because that literally could, could have been plausible <laughs> for a good 45 minutes of this movie. See, I never... I, <laughs> I, I, I get that she was being a bit... Uh, she was being... Flir- uh, flirtatious would be putting it mildly. Mildly, but you understood though. You had babysitters before. No, I get. <laughs> I I got what she was doing with the kid though. Like she was trying to entice him to security. She wanted. There's, she, yeah. There's the stereotype of like you know a kid having a crush on his babysitter, and essentially what she was trying to do was trying to contrive that situation where he would be 
into her so he would be more likely to go along with whatever she was planning. Yes. But the way that the, the lengths that she went, though, and what she had to do towards this 11-year-old boy was so skeevy and so gross and creepy. I literally... I. There's a part like this is spoilerific here, right? She goes from like putting her hand on the little boy's leg and like stroking <gasps> it with her fingers. You're talking no, you're talking leg. about the four year old at this point. She did, she did it to the eleven year old too. Mm, I don't she remember did. that. No, she did. When? Uh, she she reached over at one point in time. Um, no, she did do that with the four year. Yeah, right. it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> uh. It, she whispered it, into his ears, though, like like she was like whispering all sexy into his ear at one point in time, the eleven year old, to make him to entice him. Yeah, like and she like, went into his room because he says something about uh, no, my parents don't agree with this. And yeah, she's like she's like, well, your parents aren't here right now, are they? Yeah, and then she goes up into his room and she throws his his game back that his parents took away, and she literally gives him the fuck me eyes, like <laughs> like literally she does, and it's creepy. And then like later on, they're playing hide and seek, and this is when it gets fucking skeevy. Mm. They're playing hide and seek and the 11 year old boy is is seeking and he goes upstairs and he hears her humming in the bathroom and he peeks in and then he gets all weirded out by it right and he and she goes oh you found me and he goes in and she's sitting on the pot like pants like to her knees and like she's just totally okay with 11 year old jacob walking in on her and then she's like can you find me a tampon? And at this point, like my my fucking skin <laughs> is just crawling. I, I I almost couldn't take it. It's I'm I'm, I'm getting more enjoyment out of how <laughs> skeeved out you because like I was watching it and I it was gross to me. Oh. It, it was it was it was creepy and like inappropriate, but I wasn't. I was skeeved by it, man. Well, because I, I'm I was watching, just I'm like, like, yeah, this is weird, but this whatever. Whole, this movie's been building up to her doing something with this 11-year-old, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know what her motivation is yet, and I don't know why she's doing what she's doing. So for all I know, she could have been listening to Lost Prophets all day. I just don't know. But um, at least you know there was no way they were going to let her have sex with the 11-year-old I in the movie. I didn't know that. And then you never know. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't let that happen in a movie. Listen, every kid's got to earn his Red Wings, okay? <laughs> Michael, jeez. <laughs> That's too far. My point is this, though. When this when this was going on, I was like, I swear to God, she's having him like open the tampon for her and giving her... I, I thought like, there's... At this point, I'm like... It would not shock me if she just lifted her leg and like taught her how to like. And I'm like, if this, she does that, I'm turning this off. I'm not watching this anymore. I'm done. See, your mind is more sick I'm than. I'm done. Your mind is more sick than the movie was. I didn't want it to be. Yeah, it's, I know where it's Mike's going. It's going to go. go. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. I was going to ask Jen. You can ask Jen. I, do I, it. I told her this at the same time. I, I swear to fucking God, it was happening. I'm turning this off. You even said at one point in time, if something happens to a little kid, I'm never watching a movie again. That's how I felt during that scene. But it's funny because that's <laughs> that's that's where we are. There's oh a there's a, di- a divergence in our way of thinking because you were skeeved out by that stuff, and I was just like, yeah, this is weird, but whatever. And I was like, that little four year old kid is just a such a precious little guy. If she if she kills him, I'm not watching if any more won. movies. <laughs> I was gonna say if she fucking kills him, yeah, I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not watching any more movies. Like I've, because he was so cute, and I and I've got children that are roughly that age, and I was like, nope, if she does anything to that little kid, I'm done with movies. It just like this movie just it just 
it skeeved me to the max. And then the the the, <laughs> the cherry on top is that she's going through the parents' room at one point in time. And she finds a, a VHS tape. Mm. And she makes the two youngest kids. She yells up to the oldest kid who is try, starting to figure shit out at this point. And he's like going through. He steals her bag and realizes that she's got an ID that doesn't say her name. It says Emily, not Anna. Mm-hmm. And so he realizes right then that there's something really wrong here. Meanwhile, she's yelling for him from up from downstairs, being like, "Hey, it's movie time!" Mm-hmm. She puts in a fucking home video sex tape of their parents having sex. That was really disturbing. And for, that was the that was worse than the bathroom. She's scene. sitting there. She's sitting there, like smiling about it. And the little girl, the poor little girl's like, she knows she's not supposed to be watching it. And so she's got her head tucked into her knees, but she's also like kind of watching the TV because it's like, it's so... Well, as a kid, you're, you're, you you're don't even know what yeah. you're watching. Like, you're That's just right. Like, like this whole this whole movie was so... Oh, I, they God. They based a lot of it off of uh, like old, old folk, not folklore, but like wives tales of bad babysitters and people doing nasty shit. So it, the whole movie felt very realistic. Yeah, to a, to yeah, a very, it really did. To a very disturbing degree. It was, oh my God, that that, I, that was the most uncomfortable the movie got. And luckily, right after that, though, yeah. is where the twist happens. Right. And suddenly the kids now know she's crazy. And all that awkwardness is just cut like a knife. Thank God. Because mm-hmm. the rest of the movie plays out like a like a good psycho horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, from that I, point on, I really enjoyed the movie. You know, I actually really liked the way that they did the expose, too. Mm-hmm. They did it in the form of her. She had the... the she, it was time for bed, so she was going to get all the kids up to bed and blah, blah, blah. And she said it was story time, so she has the little four-year-old sitting on her lap. And she's reading him a story, but it it cuts to you see the book that she's reading out of, and it's just a like a notebook that she's drawn pictures in, mm-hmm. and she's telling him this story of a mother bear and her cubby, and how the 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 mother bear loved her cubby so much, and and but the the cubby died, and the mother's she says the mother's uh, the mother's mind cracked. It didn't break, but it cracked, and now all she wants to do is find a new cubby. So that's when you find out her actual motive in the movie, like mm-hmm. she's trying to find a new cubby. And she talks about this man that she met whose mind was even more cracked than her. So that's where that uh, the guy who helped her kidnap Anna in the beginning of the movie kind of comes into play. And he's actually, you don't see much of him in the movie, but his character's almost just as scary yeah well, because he's of watching the, because the of the length but the length that he goes to he's like uh i i saw a couple interviews with um sarah bolger and uh michael thalen mm-hmm. where they were talking about that character and how there was actually originally a, a little bit more backstory on him and how when he met her he was just completely obsessed with her and he would literally go to any length to to uh appease her and like that's why have, at the end of the movie he way overcompensates. I feel as though they should have kept part of that in the movie, though. Um, I got, just so, just I so got they, what they were going no, for. I got it too, but a little expose, a lot of expose hurts. A little expose though is 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 okay. Well, you got a little expose in this movie. She said that she met a man who whose mind was cracked just like hers, but it was cracked even worse. That's true, I suppose. Yeah. So you knew that he was pretty that, crazy. Pretty crazy, yeah. So you understood, but like when he, when he interferes with the parents at the end of the movie to give her more time, he really interferes. Yeah. To the point where, you know, 
lights out. I won't spoil everything, but you just did. <laughs> no, not really. That could mean a lot of different things. That's fair, fair. Um, but yeah, it, I lo- I loved the second half of this movie. It was so creepy and so atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and and it worked. Yeah. Once that twist happened and all the awkwardness faded, it was like a game of cat and mouse between the babysitter and the kids. And um, of course, the older the other kid kind of rises up, or whatever. Gets his gets his neighbor involved a little bit, which is a little bit unfortunate. But uh, yeah, just a know, little bit unfortunate. Just a little though. bit. Um, and it's and, and it's cool. Like, like he kind of becomes like Kid Rambo for a little bit. Like he <laughs> he he goes back or whatever, and he's saving people, and he's like you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's cool. I I liked I liked the um, the character development in his case because he went from being just a punk little 11 year old didn't want to listen to his parents too and and like kind like of the savior kind of, of, his, of his siblings it, kind of despising his siblings yeah. like he was like i don't want anything to do with my kid sister and my kid brother and then he at the end ends up saving them which yeah. was really cool yeah I, I thought i thought it was really cool i i felt bad that he had to put his his little brother in a trash can at one point <laughs> Um, but oh god speaking of the trash can the the fucking the, the fire the, oh my god the fireworks yeah I, me and Jen literally yelled and cheered at that point because <laughs> we were so happy that, that bitch got a comeuppance. Oh my God, we were so happy after watching everything that we watched in this movie. It literally got like loud cheering in our living room. <laughs> and it was done really well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Overall, like Another this whole... similarity this movie shares with the next one too, though. These movies, I was going to wait until the next movie to say this, but these movies, aside from the tone... Mm-hmm. Are identical movies. It's weird, right? Everything we about them. We didn't even plan it that way either, which no. is odd. I'm assuming neither did the writers or yeah. directors. Yeah. But these movies are literally like almost to the T, except for one is a horror comedy and one is just a straight up thriller, like psych- psychological thriller. They're basically the same exact movie. Yeah. Which is really weird. Uh, this movie was. Uh, it, the beginning was definitely very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but overall, the whole movie was really amazing. The acting was crazy. Like, I can't believe the performances they got out of the kids. The kids, yeah. They're, especially the daughter. The daughter was really good. There's a scene. I don't See, wanna, I, oh, go ahead. I don't want to give it all away, but there's a scene that broke my fucking heart. And was it, it the snake with, scene? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, leave it at that. Yeah. Broke my <clears throat> fucking heart. I mm-hmm. felt for that little girl so much. Mm-hmm. And that's the f- the first time when that scene takes place. It's the first time that the kids, even though they're they're going along with it, you see a, a shadow of doubt. Like we shouldn't be doing. This. They realize something's really wrong. Yeah. We shouldn't. Be, we don't know. We're getting permission, and we feel like we're being cool, but I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's that weird kind of. I don't know. Um. Um. I. I'm. I'm actually gonna say the. Uh... The uh, the four year old mm-hmm. did an amazing job in this movie, and I think it was probably because uh, the director he did something that you don't see people do with child actors very often. Yeah, and, and this is just conjecture because I don't know exactly how he directed him, but I think like four year olds are psychos. I live with a I live with a, th- a three year old and a six year old right now. They're both out of their minds. And so I understand, <laughs> I understand what a four-year-old is like. And this little kid was a little psycho. And I don't like with most child actors, you try and reel them in and make them say the lines, and it becomes really forced. I think that they're just like, just be yourself, mm-hmm. but make sure that you say this. Yeah. Because the way that he 
he was constantly bouncing, bouncing around yeah. and like it's delivering very organic. his is very organic. Yeah, the way he delivered his lines especially after the scene that you were talking about with the snake when he goes in to comfort his sister, I don't even think they gave him lines. Like they probably just said in, just w- went in and said she's really sad, why don't you make her feel better? Yeah. And he just goes in and he's kind of like he's climbing on her and he's like, "Hey, where's where's I my tend to agree where's with you. my happy sister? Where there's there's my there's my big happy sister." And like I and would it love- was completely it seemed like it was all totally off the cuff. I would love to hear a director's commentary on this movie mm-hmm. and kind of see how he went about getting those performances because they were really good. Yeah. All the kids. Act- oh, yeah. All the kids were fantastic. And the, the kid in the second movie, too, was fantastic. Like, yeah. um, And that's tough to do with, with child actors. Absolutely. It's really, really tough to do. But I think that's what you have to do is, especially with kids this young, like you just kind of have to let them be who they are. Yeah. But make sure they hit their lines. Yeah. Rather than trying to... <clears throat> Rather than trying to force them into a box where they have to be this type of character, like just let them be kids. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, so one of the things that uh, I had a problem with, and this is a glaring thing, the parents who are coming back from dinner mm-hmm. are. Um, no, it's, that's from the second movie. Sorry, they're they're very similar. They're very similar. But the parents were coming back from dinner at this point, though. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit drunk, so they don't want to drive home, so they get a cab. Right. And uh, they they get back to they get back to the house. No, they get in an accident first. They get into an accident. Yeah. So the accident they get into the accident or whatever uh, because the because Emily needed more time, which is we alluded to already with the the strange man right. that you don't see. Um, so they're on the way back to the house because they tell them we have kids who are home with the babysitter. We need to get back to the house. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the house, now they're in the back of a cop car. Yeah. When they get to the house, they immediately open the doors from the inside and run to their kids. And the entire time, I'm like. You can't fucking get out of the cop car from, from the back seat. I've been there. You can't do it. Um, is it? Do they? I mean, do they? All, all. I know, but they they must have the ability to. They have to. I think for safety and liability reasons, you would have to, because if a cop gets into uh, an accident and the cop is unconscious and they have somebody in the back of their squad car and the car's on fire. It would be like if that person died in a fiery blaze because they couldn't get out of the car, then it would be a you know huge what? liability. Don't fucking break the law. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's a good point. But no, I, I feel like they probably we can probably we we know a few cops, so we could probably we could probably ask them. But I have to imagine you're that's probably something that you can switch on and off. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be I don't that think, hard of a customization. Can but even still though, there was there was like a. Um, no, God, see, I'm getting the two movies mixed up again. Well, there was they had they had the the there was the accident, but then did the cops get a call from the house too? Um, or was that they, the, they said, "Can you please take us home? We have a feeling something bad is no, going then, on." Because no, she but, couldn't get a hold of. But then they of, found a body in the trunk of, of the, the car. Of the car, so yeah. There's no way though they let the parents out of the back seat though, because immediately they're connected to it. Why are they connected to it? Because there's a body in the in the trunk of the car, the car that just hit them. The cops don't know why. Why did that car hit them? Maybe this is everything's thrown out of whack at that point. You know mm, what I'm saying? I, mm, I don't think there would be a natural assumption that the two people who had just been struck in a taxi cab would have any connection to the body in the back of a, of a car. I, I see. I look at it from a you don't know anything, so you're not going to let anybody go. Innocent until proven guilty, Michael. That's guilty, the way it works. Guilty until proven guilty. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I don't know. That's 
I understand where you're coming from with that with that uh, inaccuracy, but we'll we'll, <laughs> that inaccuracy. we'll find we'll find out about it. I'll I'll ask a couple. I still of our I still cop think friends. that you would not be able to get out of the back of a cop car though. I like I said, I've been back there before, even under my own <laughs> my own volition. Like yeah. you can't get out of them. Right. I don't I don't believe that there's even a handle. Honestly, in the back of a cop car, I think I'm trying to are. think there are. I don't think there are. Well, yeah, because they always they they resell they resell those interceptors at police auctions and stuff. And I, all they have to do is replace a panel. Um, Maybe we're, I, I, we're gonna find yeah, out. Yeah, about this. We're be, this will be a correction. We can move on week, from but, this, but also though, there's a part where Emily is dragging a body from a car from the street all the way up to the house. Uh-huh. How does nobody see her? It's like ten o'clock at night. The parents were due back at eleven. They talk about that. Mm-hmm. At 10 o'clock, there's a lot of people out, at least on my street still. Lots of them. There's no way that somebody would not notice you dragging a body from the street all the way to the house. No way. I don't know much about Buffalo, New York, which is where this was. I don't was. know much, <laughs> but I know Buffalo City. <laughs> which is where this was. But, I mean, in, in Bad Axe, like, if I could probably drag a body from the curb into my parents' house without anybody noticing. There's 700 yards between houses in Bad Axe. No, there's not. Yes, there are. There's literally 10 yards between <laughs> us and our neighbors. I could drag a body. But I've, all... done, I've done a lot worse in, in my parents' front yard. But everybody <laughs> in Bad Axe is drunk night. all the time. That's true. But Buffalo, <laughs> New York, there's not a lot to do there. Everybody there is probably drunk, too. They look pretty suburbanite, though. In yeah. all fairness. I'm guessing it was a you could in a suburb in a suburban area even even in yours so you're saying you're talking about your house that people are always out on the street at mm-hmm. your house right now that's because you live next to what is it three couples now two um, couples some weird stripper situation <laughs> going on with three dads and one mom and a couple of mice and exactly, you know. and like 16 children yeah, and it's a, ze- a, a zebra. It's a fucking nut house. Of course, there's always people around by your house. They can in, never listen to this podcast. But, now. but in normal in normal neighborhoods, people don't do that. Yeah, people are enough. in their house watching Jeopardy. It or... still seems like you might notice out your front window if you're sitting on your couch and you're next to your front window, like mine is. You might notice somebody dragging a body down the street. Is nah. all I'm saying. Nah, um, we're just playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> fair. Um, Anyway, though, yeah, this I love this movie. It um it was creepy as fuck the beginning of it. It'll skeeve you out, especially it's very if you have, uncomfortable, especially if you have kids. Yeah, um, which absolutely. I don't, but it still skeeved me. But oh, yeah. I can imagine somebody with kids of those ages though watching. You'll never, you should never watch this movie if you have kids of that age, because you will never <laughs> trust anybody with your kids ever again. I did at the end of this movie. I was like, I will never get a babysitter who's not related to us. Luckily, I don't have to because we have so many relatives within is three that square even that miles much of us. Is that a thing anymore? Yeah, absolutely. Is it still a thing? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, not everybody lives around a ton of family. So. That's true, I suppose. Yeah, uh, but I won't ever have a babysitter this who I a, don't know. This is a parent's worst nightmare, though. It oh, really geez. is. And this kind of stuff happens. Like they actually, I was, uh, I, I, I watched the Q and A from the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh, okay. And the writer said we actually. He's like, it's it's really unfortunate, but like we we studied some cases of things like this happening in real life to write the script, you know. So mm-hmm. it's Ugh. it shit happens, you know. It's Super crazy. creepy. Super creepy. So anyway, that was Emily from 2015, yep. right? That was it. So let's move on to the babysitter from 2016, right? Oh, titty down, titty down, titty down. <laughs> this this is a this will be a, a huge departure from. Emily. It's from the second that it starts, you go, oh, oh, this is a much different movie. I watched them both almost, not not back to back, but like 
one at night, one like the next morning. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> this is actually, I'd, I'd say, uh, this is one of my favorite horror comedies to come out in it's a long time. It's a great time. horror comedy. It it's, really is. It's really funny. There's some obnoxious parts, but but overall, it's super funny. It's, it's very um, aware of itself, too, though. It's a very self-aware movie. Yeah. You know, it was written to be a parody of certain things. We'll get into it in a bit. But yep. uh, so, the Babysitter uh, from 2017, directed by Mick G, um, one of the most uh, loved and hated directors. Um, <laughs> he's he's very polarizing. Um, he's directed Terminator Salvation, We Are Marshall, uh, the original Charlie's Angels, uh, a ton of TV shows, and um, he's got a slew of producing work as well. He also uh, did Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he's um, he's really well known in the industry because he's he's been around for a long time. Uh, his movies though tend to be um, well. Have you seen Terminator Salvation? <laughs> Not the greatest thing in the Is world. Is that the one with Christian Bale? Yep. No, I didn't see it. Oh, didn't you see it? That uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, don't even get into it. The uh, I've I've seen the meltdown, the meltdown uh, of Christian Bale oh, on yeah. that, which. Everybody said he was such a dick. It's like, hey, don't walk in front of the lighting. That wasn't that movie. Yeah, it was. Was it that movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. They were on the set of Terminator Salvation. He started yelling at a PA or something because he walked in front of the camera during a take. Maybe it's because he was being directed by McG. Maybe. (laughs) Everybody's on edge when they're with McG. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is... Did you already read the synopsis? I did not. Uh, This is actually from 2017. The events of one evening... That's what I said. Well, I said 2016 earlier. Oh, okay. The events of one evening take an unexpected turn for the worst for a young boy trying to spy on his babysitter. Who hasn't tried to do that? Um, I would try. I would be trying to spy on my babysitter too. If my babysitter was Samara Weaving, I would be too. <laughs> fine, fine. With a capital F N E. <laughs> Um, okay, so <laughs> you have the aforementioned Smar Weaving, who plays B. B. Yo, B. Yo, B. Hey, B. Um, you have uh, Judah Lewis, uh, who plays Cole. The, Did a fantastic uh, job. Young guy. Yes, yes. Did a really good job. Yeah, he plays the lead. So basically, Smar Weaving is a babysitter. Uh, Judah Lewis, Cole, is the kid that she is babysitting. Now, they I, are they you, are the two main people of the story. Right. Then you also have, later on in the movie, you've got Max, played by Robbie Amell. Fine! All those pecs and those abs, my God. Which they talk about a lot in this movie. <laughs> um, so, roommate, roommate Jen's personal favorite, too. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Might, I'm Why didn't dad. she come here tonight? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And you, later. You dumb bitch. Beautiful woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, who was that? Robbie Amell? Yeah. Yeah, Robbie Amell. We've also got Sonia, played by Hannah Mae Lee. Mm-hmm. Allison, played by Bella Thorne. Who I find typically very annoying, but I thought she was like really good in this flick. Like, she, uh, her, she worked. Her character oh, was like, yeah, kind of... Oh, yeah, she was super funny. Her character was, like, spot on for the character that she was playing. Well, she was the perfect just, like... Ditsy cheerleader, yeah, like... Bimbo Valley Girl cheerleader. Yep. And then you also have uh, Andrew Bachelor who played John, who oh, was one of, my, one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Now, mind you, all of these people in this group, the ones that we just talked about, they're sort of the friends that uh, that B has over after Cole goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And they're all just caricatures of horror 
characters' tropes. Right. Usually they're the good guys, but this time the it's like a flip script and they're yeah. the bad guys. So it's like these horror tropes that are the antagonists instead of the protagonists. Right. It's, it's like it's a weird flip, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was done really well. Um, There's you, still well, it's funny because in a in a normal in a normal uh, like teen slasher or whatever, they they are playing those exact types of characters in this movie they're antagonists mm-hmm. even when they're protagonists in the other movies they're still pieces of shit well that's why they get that's why they get killed off so easily true uh, uh rounding off the cat rounding out the cast we've got um ken marino playing the dad yep who is hilarious yep and uh leslie bibb playing the mom uh ken marino came from the state the old MTV sketch comedy show. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he was in that, and uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff with um, the stay with Michael Ian Black and a whole bunch of other guys. Like he was in the he was in the league. Yes, which also so was Leslie Bibb, the mom. Um, yeah, the, the, he's been around for a long time. He's yeah. just one of those character actors that shows up everywhere. I guarantee you, if you don't know him by name, as soon as you see him, you yeah. go, "Oh, that guy." Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's pretty much most uh, Emily, of the cast. Emily here. Allen Lid plays Melanie, who comes into play later as Cole's girlfriend. Oh, well, his, his girlfriend, his, quote unquote. His, his lady questionable friend. So getting into the movie here, we've got uh, Cole, who is, it's funny because he really, he really, uh, he plays two very different types of character. Well, three different types of characters in this movie. There's the one that he plays at school, who's obviously the kid who gets like relentlessly bullied. Then there's the kid who he becomes when he's around his babysitter, mm-hmm. who he's kind of a cool kid. He's pretty. Oh, he's damn, nerdy still, but he's, he's cool. still nerdy, but he's super cool and like, well, she she makes it. She's very easy to talk to, so he, like all the pressure is off of yeah. him. So he's actually just Himself. a super cool, laid back kid. And then there's the kid that he becomes toward the end of the movie, who is just a total badass. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, so he uh, he finds out after his parents go away to live large at the Hyatt. <laughs> there was, they're at the they're, Hyatt. They're at the Hyatt, living large. They're living large. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, then watch the movie. Yep. But uh, so his his parents go away, and um, B comes to stay with them. Mm-hmm. They're just having like the best time ever. It's. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. To be honest with you, it yeah, seems it looked like, like a good time. It looked like a damn good night. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and it and it would be. She also chose the predator as her. Uh, she chose as her as her top uh, warrior. So she, I think we chose well on our. Uh, yeah. On our list, I'm just putting. No, that no, out there. no. He chose the predator. No, she did. No, nope. <laughs> no, she did. He did at the end of the movie. I promise you. Mm-mm. She no, because hers was a xenomorph egg. Oh, you're yeah. right. So he <laughs> chose the predator. Still, still good pick. So we have more in common with him than we do with her. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it do, it basically basically his little girlfriend Melanie from across the street, whose dad was played by Chris Wilde, who's mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. Like, oh my god, his... when he's washing his car and he's got the he's got the hose down by his. <laughs> When he pulls up, like her parents had just gotten divorced, and she said he he bought this car. It's his dream car from high school, and he got it to make my mom jealous. And he pulls up, and uh, she asks if if uh, Cole can have a ride home, and he doesn't want to give him a ride home. And then he goes to squeal the tires, and he just screams out NASCAR Nation, and just fucking peels out. Oh, Chris uh, Wilde is gold. hilarious. Yeah, I like him a lot. That guy's fantastic. Um, okay, so parents leave. Uh, so once again. Uh, Cole's parents leave 
to go uh, to the Hyatt to live large. Live large. And um, B comes over to babysit. They have a great first night. Everything seems to be going good. Uh, he's about ready to go to bed. And uh, to help him sleep, she pours him a double shot. Double shot. Uh, however. Worst babysitter ever? Best babysitter or, ever. Or the best. Um, now, <laughs> he doesn't like booze. So in order to appear cool, he dumps the booze out into a plant. plant. Little did he know, there were drugs in those booze. Mm-hmm. And that starts the uh, starts the movie here a little bit. Now, granted, you don't know there was drugs in it until later, but right. this is when this is her first act of defiance against him, though, as far as uh, you know what she's planning. Mm-hmm. So she thinks that he's going to bed, and all of her friends come over. Now he had had a conversation with Melanie, and she's like, "They're she's totally having sex when you go to bed." There's people coming over and she's totally having sex. <laughs> There's an orgy going on. like, And uh, and so she convinces him to stay up and uh, spy on them. And he comes downstairs and it's exactly what he expected to find. It's her and all of her friends in a circle playing spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a real dorky guy there who is like new to the group. Samuel. Samuel. And um, it's Samuel's turn to, to kiss uh, B. Which he's like getting all weirded about. Which, dude, are you kidding me? He's a dork. Still, I was, I was a dork when I was younger. So was I. I would have felt the same way. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know about this. I'd be, I'd be standing there, just never mind. You know what? Not even, <laughs> not even gonna go there. I saw the gesture. That's all we need to know. <laughs> anyway, Samuel's all weirded out. She makes him feel better. She's like, just forget, no one's here, and she kisses him. Uh, and then out of nowhere. Two giant daggers come up, stabbed in the head. And just as my brain was going off, what the fuck? <laughs> right on screen. And I love this. Not many movies can get away with having subtitles on screen that add to the humor. Mm. Yeah, this one literally in like giant a- bold letters just goes across the screen as Cole's reacting to what he's seeing. It just yeah. goes, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what and I, it works perfect. That's it's, what it's I was talking awesome. about is like some of the stylistic choices of the movie that we would get into is this did a lot of, uh, it was kind of almost like video game subtitles. A little bit, yeah. Like he at one point he's freaking out and he's looking around his room, he finds a pocket knife and he opens it slowly on screen and underneath it pocket just goes, knife. pocket knife. <laughs> and uh, the, the what the fuck thing. And yep. then every time they were introducing a new character, they would pause for a second and their their name would pop up yep. on screen. Like that kind of stuff is yeah. really cool. It, it's it, got it, kind of like a spot, uh, Scott Kipps. Scott Pilgrim feel to it. There the, it is. The Spock, um, Spock Kilgram. The Scott Spock. What? The? <laughs> uh, it, it worked really well in this, though. Yeah. Really, really well, and it was really effective. And it, it reminded me of Zombieland, actually. Where they would be oh, like, yeah, for double sure. Double tap or, or, you know, whatever. Like, yep. and, and it was it was great in that movie. It's great in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, it just really, really works. And it helps that the characters are so self-aware of what they are. Mm-hmm. Like, you have... You have the ditzy cheerleader who is just more worried about her boobs than anything else in the entire world. You have the... Um, you so have, was I. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Um, you have the, um, the the stereotypical black guy who's like, I got a mixtape. That shit's fire. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it plays into these these tropes of, of what these characters are in every single other movie. And then the, like very the, stereotypical. And then the hunky jock who just for some reason is shirtless for most and of they, the movie. And, and they draw like, attention and the kid, to it the kid every even, time the they can. The kid can. even asks, like, he wakes up after passing out because they took some of his blood and he's just like, 
why isn't he wearing a shirt? <laughs> and they just kind of like gloss why over it. That, and then he keeps no. and then he keeps coming back to it. Like, but why isn't he wearing a shirt? No, the first time he says it, he wakes up from passing out. He goes, "Why isn't he wearing a shirt?" And someone goes, "Why is that your first question?" <laughs> like they draw us attention right to it. So all these characters are are they're so stereotypical purposely. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I don't even feel bad about calling them up because that's exactly the point of yeah. it is what it is. Um. <clears throat> it was like, but it was it was almost like um, not another teen movie. Yeah, but done serious. Uh, it's sort of not serious, serious like, like, but not parody though. Like it wasn't done in a parody style that was so in your face outrageous. Yeah, it wasn't like one of the. Uh, it was a little more the under scary the... movie movies. Even less than that, I'd say. No, I'm, I'm saying it wasn't like a scary movie. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It, it wasn't really. It was a. It was satire more than it was parody yes. i'd say yes that's that's a very that's you know probably I mean? the perfect way of putting it um and and they just worked these characters made you love to hate the fact that you loved them <laughs> you know like and when they died they died in the best ways possible oh yeah like the absolute best way possible the effects i'm assuming in this movie were mostly i mean there was a there was a few cg effects but most of the effects were Done practically. It looks like it. And None done, of them were overly difficult. And but yeah. done really well. When the one dude falls and gets the award through like his jam neck. through his neck. Oh, it's so gross. But, I loved it. But just to just to add to that, because he gets pushed over a banister, like on the second level of the house. Falling on the award would be one thing, but on his way down, he, he smashes his head on the oh. on the guardrail of the of the steps. Like that's it's just so gnarly. Yep. It's a very. It's funny because it's a super violent movie. It really is. But it's done in a way where all of it's, it's kind of funny. It's all about the tone, man. Yeah. And this movie excels. Excuse me. At having. <laughs> Sorry, you I gotta get that up. Work through it, Mikey. It, um, <laughs> it excels at having a tone that just works for mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I, I'm not a huge fan of McG, but McG made a fucking killer movie. Yeah. Like he hit he hit the nail right in the head with this. Um, everything worked to exactly its 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 rightful place. Like yeah. everything's as it should be, and like I said, it works. Um, and there was even like a couple more of the the stylistic things. Like there was the sound effects mm-hmm. that were very video game like too. Yep. Like when he's when he's uh, dealing with his bullies and stuff. The, like one of the bullies is talking about how he just hooked up with a sophomore who looks like a senior. You know, she's built like a senior, and he's he's kind of doing like a dry humping motion, and you actually hear the sounds wait, of wait, a wait. you hear the sounds of like a uh, like a squeaky bed. Yep. And like every time somebody's hands move really fast, it's like a kung fu movie. Yep. You hear the the the. Yep. It keeps that tone, like I said, just light, light and fluffy. And then I really I I meant to talk about this earlier with uh, Melanie, the the neighbor girl, but from the very beginning every single time Cole and Melanie have an interaction with each other and they're just talking they're not talking it's nothing romantic they're just like being friends best friends but you can tell that there's something between them and all of their surroundings like they'll be talking in real time and every single time you see the two of them on screen in a public place all of the people around them are moving in super slow-mo which are I thought they really was, yeah you I didn't never notice noticed that? that no yeah like when they're on, it's the first time it happens is on the schoolyard and they're just standing there talking about her dad's new car or whatever, and all the people around them, like there's guy a guy riding his bike behind him, and it's in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. And then the next time when they're on the bus, 
they're talking and all the kids in the back of the bus are jumping all over the place, but it's in slow-mo. I don't think I, I didn't even notice it. And I thought it was really cool. Like it oh, just, it kind of, cool, it kind of put them in their own little world, you know, like you could tell they were super in love with each other, but it was, it was like a puppy love. So they didn't acknowledge it outright, but that was kind of a way of kind of oh, point, cool. pointing cool, to the yeah. fact that they were in their own little bubble. I'm happy you noticed that because like I said, I absolutely did not. Um, a couple of things that I loved about this movie too. Uh, they're watching a movie. Samara Weaving, uh, B, and Cole are watching a movie uh, before she goes crazy psycho. Uh, do you know what movie it was? I don't. Mm. You know what I'm going to do? Good old Billy Jack. What? Billy Jack. What? Is it just called That's Billy Jack? That's the name of the movie, the name? Billy Jack. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a great movie. It's you've terrible, but it's You've great. never seen it. I have. I've, I've actually seen it a multitude of times. Um, <laughs> what it's about, it's, it's a, just an old Western, it's a, isn't it? It's about a Native American, half half Native American white guy who is standing up for uh, the, the the land yeah. that he lives on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. It's like he's like, he's like the hero of the, the, the town, of, and he's like half Native American or something like that. Oh. Yeah, I've never seen it before. And he kicks people in the head. <laughs> that was a cool scene because they very cool. they're they're watching it projected on the side on the side of their garage, and the mm-hmm. fog is on the on the grass. So it's like who has that much fog? In I don't their know, backyard? but it looks really cool. But then it, it cuts to them standing in front of the projector, each lip syncing the lines, mm-hmm. and then they act out the whole scene. It's really cool. I also another takeaway that I had from this is um, if you live in a house. That has an infestation of tarantulas. Oh my gosh. Under your house. Burn that fucking house down. <laughs> Burn it the fuck down. That's one of the first things I noticed <laughs> in the movie that the, the the mom didn't even notice when she because he comes home and she and she left a note on the fridge that said, I'm in the crawl space, you and he goes to see her and he goes, don't you know there's a bunch of spiders under there? And there's literally a it's, gigantic tarantula crawling right next to her left shoulder. They're everywhere. <laughs> I get the I get the fact that's supposed to be like very exaggerated. Yeah. Like, I get it. Right. Burn your house down. Burn it down. Like that. that this, Burn the this, whole town down. You could have saved. You could have saved everybody's lives <laughs> if this house would have just burned down a day before <laughs> the babysitter came. Uh-huh. You know, I, 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 come on. <laughs> Is are there places like that where there's literally like. Cause I get freaked out that there's I've got uh, um, woodlouse hunters in my basement, mm-hmm. which they're completely non-threatening, but they look nasty as hell. Are there places where there are literally like you go down your crawl space and there's tarantulas probably crawling all over the place, down, like by rainforest and stuff? Why, even probably like in Arizona, yeah, and Texas maybe, and stuff maybe, like maybe. That? I don't think they're that bad though. Why the hell would you live like in that. places like that? There That's, might be one under there. I don't think there's going to be infested with them the way this house was. I don't know, man. That's pretty gnarly. Spiders breed and they multiply. I don't. Ugh. It's true. I don't know. Count me out. Um. What else? Uh, what about what else about this movie though? Uh, nothing. Just overall, it's just the the acting was really good and fun. Like mm-hmm. it was super funny. The kills were great, and uh, and it was there we was a... even we didn't even get into why they were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Which we should I mean we need to wrap up pretty soon here. But um I mean yeah. you don't need to you don't need to say too much about it. They they essentially were it, it was kind of like a, a cult thing. Yeah, yeah. They were they all wanted something. They they, invi- they invited the nerdy kid over because they needed a human sacrifice. Yep. And then they needed the blood of an innocent, which is why uh B chose Cole. Cole. Yep. And 
he was it seemed like from the very beginning with her saying that she drugged him her intention was to never it was never to actually hurt him like i actually got the feeling that she liked him oh i agree i agree and she just wanted to take his blood and they were going to use it because they had some sort of old book where they were going to make a deal with the blood of these two people and they would get whatever they wanted whatever yeah, the wildest I, dreams and were. i like the fact that even though they, they consider it like a cult or whatever the people that were there were just dumb people that just wanted something. Like, mm-hmm. They weren't in on it. Like they didn't care. They were just the kind of normal people that were just willing to do something really shitty to get what they wanted. <laughs> except for except for Max, the stud. Like he mm-hmm. literally, he was just there because he wanted to kill people, and he said that. You He's know, great. I kind of liked the guy though. I did too. He, he there taught were times Cole to stand up for himself. <laughs> there were times where even though he was chasing Cole around and he was trying to murder him, he would stop and try and mentor him about certain things. Like his bully, his his bully showed up and and he like stopped his whole murderous rampage and he's like, you go up and stand, go out, (laughs) go out and stand up for yourself, you know, don't be a pussy about this. And he and he just sends him out like he sends him away to go and deal with this bully. It's fantastic. He was like not a good guy, but there was like you said, you kind of liked him a little bit. But you're, Absolutely. you're also glad he died. <laughs> Absolutely. And exactly the way he did, because his death was awesome. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you haven't seen The Babysitter, it's fantastic. Like, like it's on Netflix. Both these movies are on Netflix. Go look them up. Watch them. Report back to us. And, and like we said, if you watch both these movies, notice the very distinguishable similarities between the two movies. Very similar. Which is weird, because they're both very, very different movies, but like... Everything from everything from the motives behind the babysitters wanting to come into the house, right down to how the babysitters were defeated, because they were literally defeated in the exact same way. Yeah. Are you, you got nothing? To, you're looking at your sorry. phone because you're trying to get that ready. But they yeah. were defeated in the exact same way. They were. No, they they literally were. Like it's it's with the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were. It was to the T. They it was almost like both, the writers were sitting next to each other and it's like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be creepy and both, I'm going to do this and it's going to be funny. <laughs> both kid heroes, both stole a car, both ran over, perspective, spoilers, uh, <laughs> the antagonist. Like, they did both literally end in the exact same way, both. Even right down to the... Maybe, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, literally everything is pretty fucking similar. Mm-hmm. Yet the tones are completely different yeah even even b samara weaving's character at at times even it wasn't near as creepy but even like at times it almost seemed like she was like into cole yeah in the beginning yeah totally you know she had crazy eyes like she i crazy sexy eyes well (laughs) well she just has like crazy blue eyes to begin with but she had that like that like that wide crazy eyed look completely locked in she was in um, the first season of uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, she was? Uh, it was a smaller part, but yeah. Yeah. yeah she was in the end of it. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's well, the babysitter. Anyway, that's, that's the babysitter. Yeah. Cool. So um, here's how we're uh, we're going to do something new here. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start uh, choosing our, our next week's show on the show that we're doing currently. Yes. So. That way people can actually watch the movies 
be a little more caught up so that the spoilers aren't so spoilerific. <laughs> yes, we uh, we are and aware that we... you can be we, a part of the discussion. Yeah, we spoil a lot, so this way you might be able to avoid some of those spoilers by watching the movies that we're going to talk about. So here's how we're going to do this. Uh, in, in subsequent episodes, we might actually have the actual movies themselves picked out when we do this, which mm-hmm. that's the hope. Uh, tonight, unfortunately, though, we're going to do it a little bit half-cocked, but we're going to choose... The way that this is going to work is that we're going to choose uh, every week... Uh, um, we're going to either spin a wheel or spin dice as we're doing tonight. Hopefully we'll have a wheel constructed by next week yes. that we can spin. This the, this week we're going to spin a fake die on a phone. Yes, but each, so, <laughs> so uh, we're, it's a, it's, it's going to be two die. So one through 10 and, um, every number corresponds to a different type of show. Yep. You want to, want to give them, give them the layout of that? Uh, basically we, we picked one through four as those are our basic shows. Like our, our movie picks a beer, which means we pick out the movies and then we pick the beer to go along with the movies. On. Oh my gosh. Mike. Mute on. your There's phone. Mute the phone. Oh God. Okay. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie picks the beer means we pick the movie or we get the movie and then we pick the beer out based on that movie, which is usually how we do things. Yep. Uh, then there's beer picks the movie, which we've done before, but not very often, which is we find a beer first and then we kind of craft the, the show around that. Mm-hmm. Then we've got retrospective, uh, compare and contrast, which will be a comparison and a con- and, and contrasting, uh, like a remake original to an a original remake. to a remake. Yep. Then we've got our bad brew, which we've only ever done one of, but it's basically a, a, a movie that's universally panned by critics and fans alike. And we go back, stop rolling the dice when it's not time to roll the dice. Uh, We go back and we watch a movie that's universally panned and decide if it's really as As bad bad as... as, Yeah, We did did it with The Island of Dr. Moreau. Then we'll do a top 10, standard. Then we'll do Mm -hmm. a a listener's choice. So we'll we'll ask people out there what they think. Stop rolling the dice. Apparently if I move my phone, it rolls. I didn't realize it did that. Put your phone down. (laughs) I'm sorry. And then for number 10, we'll do a director's spotlight. And we might actually swap some of these in and out as the weeks go on. And if we actually get our wheel built like we want to, like an actual carnival wheel, there'll be like a bunch of a lot of these on there. So it'll be way more random and everything else. So bear with us. This is a work in progress, but we're going to get there. Yeah. So... Uh, you do realize it's not going to be 1 through 10, right? If it's 11 or 12, then <laughs> these people are just going to have to wait. It's as simple as that. We didn't pre-plan for this. <laughs> All right, so we're about to roll the dice here, and... <laughs> it's, it's 12. 12. <laughs> roll You people are going to have to wait. All right, it's a 7, which means bad brew. Bad brew, We haven't cool. done one in a while, so we will be doing a bad brew next week. We'll let you uh, guys know on will... our social media uh, later this week what... Uh, movie well, we're gonna do yeah we'll post it we'll post the episode on sunday and that monday i'll say that yeah. so we'll post the episode sunday uh the bad brew episode will be posted on or the the movie we're going to watch for the bad brew episode will be posted on monday that way you can watch it and get up to speed and then by next sunday the be sunday after this coming you gotta, sunday you got a whole week to watch a movie yeah you got it's a whole week to movie. watch movie come on come on Come on. Get your shit together. (laughs) If you want to find us on that social media so you can know what movies we're talking about, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on the Twitters at the Buzzed Kill PC. And uh, we are on iTunes. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of the third-party... Deezer? Deezer? Whatever the hell you were talking about last week. Are we on that? Deezer title... There's a whole bunch of them. Do you have to do you have to pay to get on those ones? I believe so. We should try and get on Spotify at some point. But we've been talking about that for weeks. We should probably just do it. Yeah, let's just do it. Um, anyway, though, leave us um, 
leave us um what's our what's our ranking this week uh, <laughs> zero stars. Don't leave us <laughs> Shit, let us, nothing. <laughs> let us know how many dollars per hour our services are worth oh, to you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, if you want to find J Rodge, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all, all your fantastic, fantastic audio needs. needs. Yeah, yeah, buddy. It was, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was nice. All right, boys. Good so show. So next week, bad brew. Bad brew. With a good brew. With a good brew, hopefully. Mm. Cheers, boys. Try to have a good night. <laughs>